You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 3-1 pitch, swing and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye baseball. Eight strikeouts for the King tonight and make it... 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Phoenix. Strike three called on the outside corner, and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. All right, welcome back. Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Great to have you here once again, and thanks so much for being here once again. We have a lot to get to in this podcast coming up as the Mariners beat the Texas Rangers in game three of the four-game series. They'll continue the series tonight. Mariners will look to win the series against Texas. It's been awfully impressive so far, especially from the offensive side of things. The Mariners have put up some pretty huge nights offensively against Texas in this series, and Uh, Certainly last night, they really got the sticks going against the Rangers. We'll go through that in just a second. Also coming up, it was Roberto Clemente Day in Major League Baseball yesterday. So we're going to celebrate Roberto Clemente and his legacy. We're going to hear from one of his former teammates. Also, uh, some stories about Roberto Clemente. Robinson Cano is going to be by to talk about Roberto Clemente as well. Also, at the end of the podcast, you want to stick around for this. Dave Niehaus, <laughs> he's going to do uh, – I won't, I won't give too much away. It involves baseball. It involves football. It's Dave Niehaus. It's fantastic. It's at the end of the podcast. So that is in a few minutes as well. But the Mariners and Rangers hooking up for the third time in this three-game series. And really, the Mariners wasting no time facing a right-handed starter – they haven't faced many right-handed starters as of late, and they went to town early in the ball game. Five runs on the board in the very first inning, and it was the grand slam by Adam Lind, the big blow early in the ball game. Here's the pitch, swing and a fly ball deep into center field. Desmond to the track, to the wall. Grandma, get out the right bread and mustard. It is grand salami time. Adam Lind. With a grand slam here in the bottom of the first inning, the Mariners now lead the Rangers five to nothing. He becomes the fourth Mariner to hit a slam this year. Absolutely crushed the grand slam, five on the board in the first inning, and then the Mariners after that they just continued to kind of peck away. They they just kept adding on to their lead one in the second one in the third one in the fourth one of those was another home run by adam lind here's the three two swung on and driven to left field and deep back is the shields he looks up it is gone a solo home run adam lind his second of the ball game he's two for two with two blasts 20th home run of the season. This one the opposite way. Opposite field home run. He had two hits in the ball game, two home runs in the ball game, five RBIs. Big night for Adam Lynn. Seth Smith, a huge night as well. 
He reached, uh, reached base four times from the leadoff spot, had three hits, scored three times. Contributions up and down the lineup as the Mariners get the win. But perhaps the most impressive aspect of the win, the offense grabbing the attention. But how about Miranda getting the start for the Mariners? And he was excellent in this one. The 0-2 pitch, swing and a miss and a changeup for strike three. Ariel Miranda striking out the side. Here in the top half of the second, Fanning Odor, Lucroy, and Andrews. Four strikeouts already in the ball game for Miranda, and that's it for Texas in the second. How about that? He ends up going six innings, giving up three hits, three runs, but none earned. Three walks and four strikeouts. He actually has not given up an earned run now in his last 11 innings. You go back to his last start against the Angels, gave up four runs in the first and then pitched five scoreless. And it wasn't for an error. There's a good chance he would have gone six scoreless in this one against the Rangers team that, I mean, we all know how good they are offensively to begin with, but also they've crushed lefties this season second best batting average against lefties in major league baseball so that was a very impressive start for Miranda the bullpen three scoreless as well including Edwin Diaz and the Mariners take the game eight to three game three of the series here's what Scott Service had to say about the win nice ball game it really was Uh, you know we came out a really good approach at the plate and uh, you know strong pitching by Miranda really got in a nice role probably as crisp and as smooth we've seen him work since he's been here so uh, against you know a really hot hitting team so uh, nice effort uh, by everybody around and you know Lindo jump on his back tonight he steps up and he has ability to do that once in a while uh, drive in a few runs and then hit a few balls out of the ballpark so uh, really uh, really excited about uh, Miranda I thought he threw the ball really outstanding outside of, you know we make the air and they get a hit and, and, and the homer was was really really sharp well out of the gates too and that seems like that was a little bit of a hurdle for him early what did you see from that? Uh, the, the first inning is always the toughest first starter and uh, I was excited you know it took it takes him a little while to get the velo going and, and getting a rhythm getting the feel for the changeup but he was aggressive I think he you know he's shown that he can get the changeup over the plate throw for strikes he had him kind of in swing mode which is great that's where you want to have him and uh, you know they, he had just had the ball off the barrel tonight didn't overpower them by any means but uh, really kind of outing we needed it's just nice to see him getting a great rhythm you know, it was back and forth and using both the pitches and even worked in a few sliders tonight as well. You said you want to get Seth going top of the lineup. That, that it worked. Pretty well. It worked. <laughs> it's amazing how that happens once in a while, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, he had a good at bat last night, and, and uh, you know, he hasn't really been the true Seth Smith in the second half. So uh, sometimes he gets sparked by a good at bat, drives the ball to the park. Really good game tonight. You know, uh, it's a good matchup for him and, and a bunch of our left-handed hitters. So um, took advantage of it and, and gotten good counts and put some good swings on it. Scott, you mentioned here, it looked like sort of a sloppy effort. Yeah, I don't know if the ball, you know, kicked up or, or what happened there. But, yeah, you know, it's about protecting the baseball and, and securing those outs, you know, late in the game against an explosive team like that. You just don't you want to keep them down. And uh, that kind of got a little bit of life into them. Uh, after that, and uh, fortunate enough, our bullpen was good tonight. I really, you know, Nick Vincent is back to throwing like he was earlier in the season. You know, Shrek got some big outs and, you know, needed to get Diaz was going to pitch tonight no matter what. Just had been four days since he'd been in there. There it is. That was the skipper, Scott Service, on this win. Mariners beat the Rangers. Now looking for a series win. Never easy to do in a four-game series, but a chance to do it tonight. Derek Holland will take the ball for Texas. Overall, 7-6, 4-5-7 ERA. A little deceiving, though. He's been excellent 
since coming off the disabled list. Another lefty the Mariners will face. Taiwan Walker looks to bounce back after a really rough start his last time out. 4-10, 4-6-0 ERA. Walker, Holland, then the Mariners hit the road for three in Oakland. We'll talk about that more in the podcast tomorrow. So Mariners, Rangers, 7-10 first pitch from Safeco Field tonight. Rare night game on a getaway day as the Mariners and Rangers will both head out of town after the ball game. So right now we're going to hand things over to Shannon Dreyer. Great conversation with Robinson Cano about the impact of Roberto Clemente. Catching up with Robinson Cano on a very special day, Roberto Clemente Day around baseball. And a couple of things to talk to Robbie about here. Robbie, first of all, congratulations. You are the Clemente nominee from the Mariners. Thank you. And secondly, just... The importance of this day, uh, the awareness of, of who Roberto Clemente was, what he did for baseball, and what he did for for people. Well, you know, as a kid, you hear Roberto, and then, you know, you're a great player. But as you grow in and start, like, watching the story of Roberto, reading more, you, you learn more, and you, you learn what kind of a person he was. What a human being, what a role model. I mean, he was somebody that also opened the doors for all the Latinos, not only Puerto Rican, because I know he was Puerto Rican, but for me, Roberto is the face of the Latinos. And uh, be able that, that, um, to play at this level and be able to um, play on this day, on his day, is something that, um, you know, is an honor. That's baseball is so important to preserve the history, to tell the stories, and to keep passing them on. What are the things that you know baseball can do to do that? That, that one thing is that you know you have to come from your heart, and I think what is it that comes from Roberto's heart? Because I mean, you know, how the earthquake in Guatemala was. I mean, you know, getting on the plane to all those, all those people that you, you don't know that you never know before. I mean, that that's something that had to come from your heart. And I know a lot of players do that. A lot of players have a foundation, including myself, and. And I, and I think every player does that come from, from, come from their heart. And uh, when it's come from your heart, you know, guys always put you in a good situation that you can do a pretty good things. And, uh, I mean, we just got to continue doing something for the community, for your country, where, where you're from. We just help out in, in a lot of different ways. You give back in many ways. Can you think back and just kind of remember what was the first thing that inspired you to do so? Well, for me, you know, I, I was a blessed kid that um, my dad used to play baseball and come to the States, made dollars, and was able that I can have any, you know, like shoes, clothes, and food on the table. But growing up around kids that sometimes they don't have food, that they had to come over the house, and like good friends as a kid, and they don't have shoes, they had to like go and work, like cleaning shoes to make some money. I mean, that's something that I was thinking in my mind, in my, in my mind I'm sorry, and uh Something I, I, as a guy from from San Pedro de Macorís, you know the stuff that we miss, like ambulance and stuff. That's something that I'm, you know, always says if I, if I play if I play at a big league level, why not? Why not give back to the community? And uh, you know, this is one of the changes that I want to say thanks to all those people that have always been there for the foundation, always help. Um, you know, honestly, thank you for those helps and being there for me. The school last year, it was so just so wonderful to watch you as it was almost you know, nearing completion and the excitement about that. Give us an update on the school. Well, the school, everything has been good. Thanks God, the first, you know, first year of school was good. Now they open for the second one. So it's kind of like, um, you know, it's like a dream come true. Everything's going great, and I get a lot of feedback from fans, parents, 
I mean, people from the whole town, and, you know, we, we, we're trying to work on uh, building the second one. That's outstanding. Hey, I was talking to a teammate of yours, a young teammate, Edwin Diaz, who's, I believe, 22 years old, and I found out that when he goes home to Puerto Rico, he does pitching clinics for kids. This is a guy that was in the minor leagues just six months ago, yet he or he goes home and he does that. What does that do for you when you see a young player doing something like that? Well, he's great, great. It's amazing. That, that, that tells you that um, learning from a guy like Roberto, guys that um, – like he's from Puerto Rico, Puerto Rican guys that come back and like Carlos Bertrand do stuff for the kids. I mean, <clears throat> that that's something that like I said. I mean, you don't, you don't have to play at a big level for that. You just um, you know you just have to be some time around and watch the right role model. And you know I'm happy for him and you know him by me. I'm gonna go this year. So something that I we gotta support the guy. I mean, one of, you know great teammate, great kid, and with a bright future. So. Uh, he asked me, and I said, yeah, I'm going to be there, so I will see him there. Outstanding. Getting it done on the field and off the field. Robinson, we really appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. And here's former teammate Steve Blass. We talked about Roberto Clemente just briefly. He was the World Series MVP. You were second in the voting. Close vote. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell us? We see the statue. We obviously see the bridge, the wall. The Clemente Wall, which is 21 feet high in right field here at PNC Park. One of the greatest of all time, one of the greatest human beings to ever play this game. Can you tell us what it was like being a teammate and a friend of Roberto Clemente? Well, you hit two out of three. He was a teammate, a friend, and a hero. Uh, You know, just watching him, he had a presence. He could take a 10-year Major League veteran and turn him into a 10-year-old kid because you didn't want to take your eyes off him. Major League players are, are a special brand. And then... He played at a different level above that. I mean, he had a presence when he was kneeling in the on-deck circle. And uh, I, I, when I felt validated enough to be a teammate, because I had him up on his pedestal, I finally went over and said, Roberto, here's the deal. If I ever get traded, I'm going to pitch you inside, because every National League pitcher pitches you away and you hit 350. He said, Blast, I'm going to tell you one thing. You pitch me inside. I hit the ball to Harrisburg. I said, all right, it's all good. It's all good. We're good. We're good. Harrisburg's uh, a long way. Yeah, but just just think, uh, pitching in front of Maz at second, Starzl at first, and Clemente in right. Three Hall of Famers. I said, just hit the ball that direction. I'm going to go out and get a sandwich, and when I come back, you'll be out. I mean, it's just, it was was such a, a great era of baseball, pitching with that kind of team and pitching against the guys like Seavers and the Carltons and the Koufaxes and uh, Gibsons and all those guys. Yeah. It was just wonderful and uh, just magic. Uh, it was an honor to be a teammate of Roberto Clemente, and uh, you know he did wonderful things before he died in that, that uh, horrific uh, airplane accident. So he was consistent, very principled, very uncompromising, and boy was he fun to have out in right field. <laughs> and Shannon's back. A great feature she put together about Roberto Clemente. Some different voices, and I think you really enjoy this one. Shannon Dreyer here, where on Clemente Day we learn a little bit more about the Hall of Famer and humanitarian Roberto Clemente and also hear from Mariners who have been influenced by him. Roberto Clemente died in a plane crash New Year's Eve 1972 while on his way to Nicaragua in an earthquake relief mission. Angels broadcaster Jose Moda not only heard stories about him from his father Manny Moda, who was Clemente's teammate, but remembers him as a family friend. We were, you know, babies pretty much in that Pittsburgh clubhouse and all the way up to his death. Um, I do recall times when um, he would travel to the Dominican Republic, and I'm talking I was three or four years old, where my dad would get so excited. Roberto's coming for the weekend, or he and his wife were coming to see us. Uh, they're, they're very close. And there's a time 
when I recall going to pick up Roberto at the San Domingo airport mm-hmm. with my dad, me and my brother Andy. The reason he flew to the Dominican was because there's a lot of storms in Puerto Rico. And he told my dad, I need to go to work out. And I'm going to get on a plane to go work out for the weekend. That's the type of dedication he had. And I also recall that tragic morning when we were in my parents' living room. And my dad is going crazy ballistic about the call that he just gotten, you know, during the Christmas holidays. And it was, the whole house was numb. And I recall um, my dad trying to talk to Manny Sanguian right after his death. And uh, Manny said, until I find a trace of Roberto or that plane, I'm going to keep diving into the the Caribbean Sea in in Puerto Rico. It was the Atlantic Sea in Puerto Rico. I'm not going to give up. Um, But I remember as a kid that we had a a book about his death and um, even some newspaper clippings where you can see San Guillén looking into the Atlantic Ocean and another coast of Puerto Rico with his scuba gear on. Mm. The way of saying, I gotta go get my friend. I have to go get my friend. Yeah. 43 years later, Clemente's impact is still strong in baseball. While he played in the U.S., Clemente took care of communities throughout Latin America, something both Nelson Cruz and Robinson Cano are doing as well. Cruz is making a major impact in his community in the Dominican Republic by providing much needed emergency vehicles. It makes me realize how bad we need a fire, uh, fire truck when one of my good friends lost his house. Hmm. Uh, because we don't have any vehicle to to provide water to sing the fire, so uh, since that day I was coming me to to find to find fire truck and buy and, and make sure we have what we need. So if something like that happens, you know, um, we have it, you know. And uh, the ambulance is something that definitely uh, have impact a lot of people. You know, you don't know how bad you need it until you the one that really need it. And I have been touched for a lot of people telling me they they appreciate the ambulance and the ambulance saves his parents' life, one of his son's life, and then uh, makes you realize that it's something that it, it, it doesn't have any price because um, a life is what you work for and what you're here for. So if you can save a life, you know, it's definitely a huge impact in the community. Robinson Cano has turned his focus to education, and the school he is building in the DR is nearing completion. We understand that, um, you know, especially most Dominicans back in the day, we didn't have a chance to go to school. And because uh, most of them, they don't have the money. They had to, like, clean shoes and play baseball. But uh, the deal is here that um, for those, like, poor family, because we, like, we, we, we're picking an area. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say, for example, I live in Seward Park. Let's say I build a school in Seward Park. But the, the poor kids in Seward Park, those are the only ones that are going to go to that school. Mm-hmm. So it's not a school for everyone, just for that kids in the area, so that's the goal. We'll be the first one and go from there, trying to build on every town so that those kids from that area can go to the school. The legacy lives on. The Roberto Clemente story is both incredible and important, according to Moda. There's so many stories, and all the stories are about hard work, the few highlights that you have, um, the flair, you know, the dramatics. Um, number 21, who, you know, I think should be retired, and it's a matter of people understanding what he did, when he did it, and under the circumstances. You know, there was not social media. There's no open, really, media market for the Hispanics to express themselves. But he stood up for what thought he was right and did it on the field, and he was a winner. On and off the field. On this uh, penultimate uh, at-home-with-Dave segment, I thought we would uh, touch on uh, 
One of the countries, I, I think one of the great comedians uh, of our time, his name is George Carlin, and he had a, a stand-up routine called Baseball and Football, basically the difference between baseball and football. And if I do this correctly, I think you will find it to be quite hilarious. So here's the way he, he wrote about baseball and football in his stand-up routine. He says, baseball is different from any other sport, very different. For instance, in most sports, you score points or goals. In baseball, you score runs. In most sports, the ball or object is put in play by the offensive team. In baseball, the defensive team puts the ball in play, and only the defense is allowed to touch the ball. In fact, in baseball, if an offensive player touches the ball intentionally, he's out. Sometimes, unintentionally, he's out. Also, in football, basketball, soccer, volleyball, and all sports played with the ball, you score with the ball. And in baseball, the ball prevents you from scoring. In most sports, the team is run by a coach. In baseball, the team is run by a manager. And only in baseball does the manager or coach wear the same clothing the players do. If you've ever seen John Madden in his Oakland Raiders uniform, you'd know the reason for this custom. Now, I've mentioned football. Baseball and football are the two most popular spectator sports in this country. And as such, it seems they ought to be able to tell us something about ourselves and about our values. I enjoy comparing baseball and football. Baseball is a 19th century pastoral game. Football is a 20th century technological struggle. Baseball is played on a diamond in a park, the baseball park. Football is played on a gridiron in a stadium, sometimes called Soldier Field or War Memorial Stadium. Baseball begins in the spring the season of blue life. Football begins in the fall, when everything's dying. In football, you wear a helmet. In baseball, you wear a cap. Football is concerned with downs. What down is it? Baseball is concerned with ups. Who's up? In football, you receive a penalty. In baseball, you make an error. In football, the specialist comes in to kick. In baseball, the specialist comes in to relieve somebody. Football has clipping and spearing and piling on, personal fouls, late hitting, and unnecessary roughness. Baseball has the sacrifice. Football is played in any kind of weather, rain, snow, sleet, hail, fog. In baseball, if it rains, we don't go out to play. Baseball has a seventh inning stretch. Football has the two-minute warning. Baseball has no time limit. We don't know when it's going to end. Might have extra innings. Football is rigidly timed, and it will end even if we've got to go to sudden death. In baseball, during the game in the stands, there's kind of a picnic feeling. Emotions may run high or low, but there's not too much unpleasantness. In football, during the game in the stands, you can be sure that at least 27 times you're capable of taking the life of a fellow human being. And finally, the objectives of the two games are completely different. In football, the object is for the quarterback, also known as the field general, to be on target with his aerial assault, riddling the defense by hitting his receivers with deadly accuracy, in spite of the blitz, even if he has to use the shotgun. With short bullet passes and long bombs, he marches his troops into enemy territory, balancing this aerial assault 
with a sustained ground attack that punches holes in the forward wall of the enemy's defensive line. In baseball, the object is to go home and to be safe. I hope I'll be safe at home. So writes George Carlin. This is Dave Niehaus. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 